Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to use English in its most natural form. Therefore, occasionally a bad word may slip through the net. This episode contains adult language. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Okay, welcome back to Two Teas in a Pod. Hi Katie, how are you doing? I'm good Tim, how are you? Not bad. Back back here again, we've got a slightly different setup this time. We are Zooming and recording separately, so hopefully our audio sounds... So hopefully we'll end up with slightly better audio quality. We're still uh, Zooming it, so we're not together. Yes. We're not together. Maybe at some point in the next few weeks, or mm-hmm. then uh, then we can be back together again in the studio. But for the moment, you're in your living room. I'm in my bedroom mm-hmm. with a very garish light over the head, but it's fine. Okay, so what have we got this week, Tim? Line it up. So today we had the first in a new series of uh, Two T's Book Club podcasts. So the idea of the book club is that listeners read the the books or short stories uh that we're going to talk about before listening to the podcast mm-hmm. so if you haven't uh read the book yet you're not allowed to go any further you have you to stop, stop the now. we should tell them what it is so this week we're going to be talking about the landlady the Roard Dahl. it's quite a short short story we've included a link to it uh in the description of the podcast um and it's only five pages long so it's a short one. Not long at all. Not long at all. So take a second now, go away, read the book, come back. Look up any vocab. We're going to be going through some of it, but if there's anything that you don't understand, then don't worry too much about it. But if it's inhibiting your understanding of the text, then, mm-hmm. then look it up. But if not, then just practice your reading skills. Exactly. So welcome back to people who have just unpaused it from reading <laughs> the book. Um, Did you enjoy this story? <laughs> so let's talk a quick a bit about uh, like a general summary of the story. What's this story about, Katie? Okay, so it's about a young man. He's seventeen, and he is going on a business trip or a conference somewhere in the Bath. I didn't, I didn't pick up on Bath, but you told me it was Bath. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, looking. He's been told he needs to find a place to stay um, before he goes to his conference the next day. And he initially is going going to look for a place to stay in a place called the Bell and Dragon, but he decides to go for mysterious reasons, decides to stay at this bed and breakfast um, mm-hmm. with a interesting landlady. And the landlady yeah. is she owns the house and she is uh, hosting the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's strangely drawn to the building, right? He walks mm-hmm. past and he mm-hmm. randomly sees the sign um advertising that they've got rooms available and it's almost like he's propelled towards the door um even like hypnotically like against his will like as if he didn't want to um yeah and i think she's immediately like a creepy character no she suddenly appears opens the door as soon as he rings the doorbell which is quite strange anyway isn't it Mm -hmm. and invites him in shows him shows him to her to the room yeah. And then she says, you have to go and sign the guest book downstairs. Mm-hmm. So he goes downstairs, signs the guest book, and he notices there's two other names in the guest book. 
Hmm, these names are strangely familiar. He's thinking, hmm, where do I know these two names from? He's trying to think if they're like famous people or if they're what names he's read about somewhere. Then he starts to think that he knows both of the names for the same reason. He still can't uh, think of it. And he's kind of enjoying the sensation of having it on the edge of his understanding. Like, a puzzle, like yeah. Mm -hmm. But then While she comes in, she's giving him a cup of tea. Yeah. So she's been making this, preparing this nice tray with this tea and biscuits and things. And she strongly encourages him to drink this cup of tea. And, mm -hmm. and he sits down next to her to drink it. And he notices she's got a funny smell about her. He smells yeah. quite distinctive, like a hospital. Yeah. Like, uh, something pickled. Yeah. Intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And then she notices, he notices that she's staring at him quite a lot. There's lots of looking yeah. at him. And then he, he suddenly realises, because there's animals in the room, there's a parrot in the corner and there's a dog sleeping by the fire. He suddenly realises that the parrot is stuffed, that it's not uh, alive. Yeah. And then Taxi she says, oh, well, taxidermied, is that what you call yeah. it? Mm-hmm. This has been stuffed. Um, and then she says, well, look at the dog as well. The dog, he hasn't realised, the dog hasn't moved the whole time. But the dog is also, uh, has also been stuffed and is not alive. And then, uh, and then he says, but your, your, your two guests, they're so far apart. They must have just left recently. Mm -hmm. She says, no, 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 they're still here. They share a, a room or is it a floor? They share a room, I think, on the... On the second or third floor, I can't remember. Yes, they share. I think it's the third floor. They share a room on the third floor, and around this time, he's starting to notice that his tea smells faint, tasted faintly of almonds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And then, um, well, she makes a comment saying, "Yes, yes, I stuff all my pets." Yes. Yeah, which is a bit sort of sinister, and then. Um, she starts commenting to him, saying that how handsome he is, and saying how uh, he reminds her of one of the the other guys who mm -hmm. stayed, who stood upstairs, saying, "Oh, he he didn't have a blemish on his body." And yes. He's like, mm, "How do you know?" Not. Like thinking, the awkward moment. Yeah, What's very this middle-aged woman been doing with these men? And then she says, um, "Oh." did you sign the book and he said yes i did she said that's good because i often forget what their names are and i have to come down and look up the, the guest book to remind myself mm -hmm. what their names are yeah exactly and that's pretty much where it, where it ends it, it ends the last line is um he says um there haven't been any other guests here except me in the last two or three years and she says no my dear only you in a very that's, sinister fashion. Uh, that's the end of it. So we assume by the end of it that he has been taxidermized. Is that what is that an American expression? I don't know. He's been stuffed. Yeah, that she's you. gonna that she's already poisoned him um, with the tea because it tastes like almonds. Which is supposed and to be cyanide. You know an, yes, yeah, like cyanide almonds. tastes like almonds. That's what it is. I thought it was arsenic, but it's cyanide. You're right. Yeah. So the implication is that she's already poisoned him and then she's, he's going to be joining her uh, group of dead, stuffed, taxidermied um, creatures in her house. Creatures? Oh, God. So it's a little horror story. It is. Uh, is, this um, the, is this the first time you've read it? No, I've read it. I read it a few years ago. I used it 
for a group of very high level students a few years mm -hmm. ago. We yeah. read it. Um, but yeah, I really like them. I mean, I was a big fan of Roatal uh, when I was a kid. I had all mm -hmm. his kids' books. I didn't know he wrote, wrote adult fiction. Um, yeah, this is from Kiss Kiss, I think. I had this, yeah. I had this book as a teenager. Mm -hmm. I started off reading um, Henry Sugar and Other Stories, which is another book of his short stories. Yeah. And then I loved them, so what graduated to Kiss Kiss, which is definitely not child-friendly. Like, if this, yeah. is, this is the first one, I think. And if this yeah, creeps you out, it. don't read the rest. They're mm -hmm. extremely creepy. Yeah, but I think we're going to do a few more uh, of the short stories from Kiss Kiss just because they are really good. Um, they are really good. Dark and twisted tales. Very. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what was your reaction? The first time you read the story, what was your reaction to the story? Um, like, strangely fascinated. I, I quite like sort of um, horror and sort of dark humour and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked it and I really enjoyed the way that it leaves everything. You, you know, you have to do some work as a reader to figure out the implications and the subtexts and the things that are going on. Yeah, it doesn't just um, tell you. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's all there. It's all there. All the clues are there. You yeah. kind of do a bit of detective work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like how they it slowly draws you in like there's like an intrigue like what is it about this house what is it about this woman what, mm -hmm. why why is he mentioned the guest book what is it about these two men yeah i, I remember being really drawn in and, and things really like, like that shocked. yeah and things like the price where you think oh it's so cheap oh what could possibly go wrong so cheap? Yes. too good to be true what was too your reaction good to be true yeah i was i was same same as you i i uh was really drawn into it and kind of fascinated in a kind of a horrific way like kind of like mm -hmm. what what is this going on but um rereading it was a pleasure no, knowing the ending i haven't yeah. read it in like 17 years i don't think so rereading mm -hmm. it was really nice uh well yeah. enjoyable and uh yeah just like knowing where it's going i would picked up on a lot more i think of the, yeah of the definitely story. Um, because there's there's a dramatization of it you can watch on youtube as well and they oh, made really? it in the 80s i think uh, oh, and that is a little bit longer, a little bit longer than the book. And you see, you actually see the the other stuffed people upstairs. I think. Do you? Right. Yeah. You tell Ben to put a link to that in the yeah in we'll the link. link down link downstairs. Yeah. Not yeah. Um, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about this foreshadowing. Uh, foreshadowing. Uh, that is where. Where is it, Tim? So foreshadowing is like where you see like a hint or a clue as to what's going to happen later on in the story before. So there might be like, I don't know, an object or the way someone says something that gives you a little bit of a clue, a little bit of information uh, the, to, as to something that's going to happen later on. So there are yes. several instances of foreshadowing mm -hmm. uh, in the story. What's the first one you've got, Katie? Uh, first one here is... Um she says it was it's a from looking back from when he's looking into the into the airbnb and he says and now a queer thing happened to him he was in the act of stepping back and turning away from the window when all at once his eye was caught and held in the most peculiar manner by the small notice that was there so i mean there's several things there first the, the use of the word queer which when the story was written 
was a lot more normal than it is now. But queer means something quite different nowadays. But in these days, it meant like strange or unusual. Mm-hmm. And peculiar uh, means something strange or unusual again. So we always we already know that there is something strange about this house. Yeah. And he seems to be drawn to it. His eye was caught and held in the most peculiar manner. I'm thinking like a rabbit in headlights, that kind of, you know, the 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 prey, as it were. He the the, the predator has seen the prey. Yeah, exactly. Like as soon as he's sort of locked in, uh, his attention's caught. It's like a yeah, like a yeah, spider. He's caught in the web. like a fly in the web. Yeah. Yeah, he's, she's slowly sort of pulling yeah, him yeah. in. Something yeah. mystical about it almost. Yeah, it is almost um, like black magic or something, right? Mm. There was also an interesting part. Let me see if I can find it. It's not something I don't know if I highlighted it or not. But it said, um, yeah, yeah. He said, it said, bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast, four times, which for me was like a, almost like a hypnotic kind of thing like you're feeling very sleepy Mm -hmm. your eyes are so he's almost like hypnotized by the science and then yeah like a mantra and then he says that the actual the sign itself begins to look like a large black eye staring at him through the glass so it was also that thing of like hypnotism hypnotism again yeah Yeah. like look into my eyes that kind of Mm -hmm. thing that was interesting Mm, other foreshadowing that you've seen Tim? So there's other foreshadowing. She says at one point um, when she's sending him down, she tells him he has to go down to sign the visitor's book. Um, and she says that it's required by law um, that you have to sign a visitor's book when you go to a, a bed and breakfast. And she says, we don't want to go breaking any laws at this stage in the proceedings, do we? So she's saying at this stage, we don't want to break any laws now at the start, implying that maybe later on she's going to break the law. Going to start breaking maybe laws now. Laws, We're going not to at this laws stage, later. but later stage, most yeah, likely. When, when she kills him and <laughs> uh, stuffs him. Stuffs him, exactly. Um, there was also, like we said before, the he when he looks in the window, he notices the Dashan sleeping in the fire. And I think initially it's like quite a nice cozy. You imagine, oh, look, in the window, there's a lovely fire and there's a dash and sleep by the fire. And a nice little dog all curled up really cozy. That yeah. looks like a really nice scene. But then mm-hmm. when you when you come to it, you realize the dog is actually dead and he's not yeah. alive. That's a big like foreshadowing of everything in this house. Nothing is living apart from yeah. her. And it's like another but, way. Hold on a minute. I just remembered. He did. It describes her hand as being very, very deathly pale white. Mm-hmm. But so maybe she's not alive. Maybe not. Maybe she's like she's dead. Maybe. Maybe she is dead. Mm. Uh, what else? What else? Other elements of foreshadowing. So there's lots of things of him, sort of picking up on little clues as to what's going on. One of them is, uh, it says, now and again, he caught a whiff of a peculiar smell that seemed to emanate directly from her person. He wasn't quite sure what it reminded him of. Pickled walnuts, new leather, or was it the corridors of a hospital? So maybe he's picking up on these smells, which are chemicals that she's using to preserve the bodies. Um, So pickled walnuts, maybe they're pickled with vinegar. Um, <clears throat> formaldehyde, I suppose. Formaldehyde, 
uh, which is definitely a smell you would smell in the hospital. Yes. But it's like him, you know, not being fast enough. And you're kind of calling out to him saying, Don't drink. What are drink. you doing? Because you know how it's going to it end. Seems, it seems so obvious, I suppose, when you're on the outside. When you know, yeah. Yeah. And you're just thinking, if he just thought for five seconds more and figured out where he knew the names from before yes. he took a sip of the tea, yes. and you're like, no, you've drunk the tea now, mate. I think Sorry. he was lost as soon as he got off the train. Yeah. I think he was lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one we can think of was what we mentioned before about the, the tea tasting of bitter almonds, which was, of course, cyanide tastes of almonds. Do you know, do you actually, this is, you should never eat the, the, the pip of, or the stone of a peach. Because that's cyanide. it contains cyanide. And I have mm-hmm. actually eaten one before, thinking yeah. it was an almond. And I was mm. quite unwell. Oh, really? I was quite small. Yes, I was quite unwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I just, I just have a really dodgy tummy. But it doesn't, it doesn't have huge amounts, but just avoid that. Avoid okay. it, people. Okay. Will do. So that's kind of the foreshadowing of the situation mm-hmm. here. And that, that's kind of, you put all of those pieces together and you realize what's going on. Though, it, like we said before, it isn't like stated outright. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your theories as to like what's going on behind in, the scenes with, with, the, with the woman? Like what's her motivations? What? Well, I think it does mention earlier on, he is being, to be fair, he's being quite nice about it. But he says, um, he says that she, he thinks that she might have lost the son in the war. He says, uh, it's around two, line 260 maybe. He guessed that she had probably lost the son in the war or something like that and had never got over. So this is possibly a way of like preserving someone. Like she's looking, she's obviously looking for someone very specific because it mentions that she yeah. like, only takes in the cer- a certain kind of person. And they all seem to be young, good looking men. Yeah. So she, she may have lost her son. This and this is also this was written shortly after the Second World War, I think. Nineteen sixty, it came out. So. But not too long after. So maybe she had after. lost a son or even a lover in the war, mm-hmm. and yeah. this was her way of getting them back somehow, preserving, keeping. And, and you, I think you mentioned earlier uh, off off line <laughs> uh, that this was maybe a way of her like keeping them safe like protecting them this is maybe a reaction to the war and loss yeah like um maybe it's something like i don't know in the war where if people were killed but they never had a body or like if the body was mutilated um and so you didn't have anything to bury yeah there was like no closure that's possibly yeah. a motivation so the idea of like keeping the body serving it perfectly could be like a reaction to that to try and yeah, they will always be safe if they're dead and stuff and preserved perfectly in the yeah. house. Because Roald Dahl, he he was he was in the war. He was a he was a pilot, wasn't he? He had a, a really pilot. terrible accident. Yeah, where I think he lost his nose, or there was some awful accident he had. He crash landed, I think, in France. Yeah, and he was really quite severely injured. And I think he mm-hmm. a lot of I mean. I think a lot of that, that influenced a lot of his stories in yeah. some ways. So that might mm-hmm. be a reaction indeed to that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What's your thoughts on her? I think that like, um, well, my immediate thought was, yeah, psycho, 
you know, there's nothing more to it. But then when you start to dig into little clues in the text, you think you become more sympathetic to it. I don't know why, but you think you find some motivations as to why she might be doing it. It's not yeah. just like a black and white, you know, scary uh, villainous figure. Um, although it is a pretty weird thing to do <laughs> it is very weird i wonder though like after if you were a young man coming back after either of the world wars to britain like there was so there was such a huge loss of life in both mm -hmm. the world wars in britain and in many other parts of the world um and as it was mostly young men going out to war i wonder if older women would look at you in a slightly odd way you know like a, almost like um mothering i don't know maybe like slightly what's the word clingy way yeah I, like I wonder if that might be like overly protective yeah like overly protective way because there was just so few people came back really yeah compared to how many people went mm -hmm. maybe that was a reaction to that yeah i definitely think that's like one of the subtexts or yes. undercurrents of the story indeed mm. um so yeah yeah uh, Should we take a look at some of the vocabulary that's come let's up? Let's do it. Quite a lot of vocab. Really good uh, vocab. Yeah. Let's go through some expressions. Mm -hmm. so, so, what have you? What do you think, Tim? What 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 stood out to you vocabulary-wise? I like there's a nice expression in line thirty-six, which is talking about the big shots in the head office. I think oh, it is. Yeah. Um, on the first page. Mm-hmm. The big shots up at head office were absolutely fantastically brisk all the time. They were amazing. They're talking about the big shots in a company, meaning like the, the directors or the most important people, or at least the people who think they're the most important. Yeah, who acts act like they're the most important. So you might have the big, big shot film directors, big shot actors. Um, it's a nice expression. And also mentions brisk a lot. Like mm -hmm. maybe he isn't brisk. Maybe. Brisk is like a very modern, fast-paced thing, but maybe he isn't. A, maybe he's an old-fashioned kind of guy. Yeah, maybe. I like that the whole thing about briskness. So he's imitating them. Yes. He walked briskly down the street. He was trying to do everything briskly these days. Briskness. Briskness, he had decided, was one of the common characteristics of all successful businessmen. So he's like faking it until he makes it. He's like, Fake to make it. So he's pretending to be a big swatch, big shot. Yeah. Pretend to be like a businessman until I can become a businessman. Yes. What, what else? else? We've got um, swanky. Yeah. Swanky is a great adjective. Uh, line 45. Um, and it was obvious that once upon a time, there had been very swanky residences. That's a good word. It means like yeah. fancy, doesn't it? Fancy yeah. or elegant. Fancy, expensive, posh. Yes. Um, That's a so good word. Swanky restaurants, swanky houses, swanky clothes. But now, I think in contrast, what do they, what's he describing in contrast? Uh, He's talking about that they used to be the, swanky. The paint residents. was peeling and they're not but, really, they're white facades are cracked and blotchy from neglect. Yeah. So blotchy, so, as in as in the paint's maybe fallen off. It's not as unison as it as it would normally have been. So blotchy. Yeah. So it's like blotchy can also describe someone's face. You know, when someone's yeah. been working out, especially me, you might just get 
you don't have a, like a, a beautiful cream colored face anymore. No, it's like red in really weird spe spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like red patches now over blotchy. Okay, what else have we got? Um, to peer through. So he peered through the window. Mm -hmm. He was looking at the dashing in the fire. So to peer through is to kind of look almost like with your, when you can't see so well, you kind of squint your eyes and you're like looking, yeah. well, through a window but in this case. Mm -hmm. What else can you peer? Can you peer through a telescope? Yeah, you can peer through a telescope. Um, you can peer through. A window, oh. telescope, peer through binoculars. So I guess it's that, that kind of, you imagine you've got a pair of binoculars up to your eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Next one we've got um, a really good expression I like is to dither about. Um, so to dither about, uh, I think he is dithering about outside the house, deciding whether or not to go in there. That's when yeah. you are in indecisive. You're trying to make a decision. You're not really making a decision. You're wasting time. You're like, oh, should I do this? Uh, should I go to the pub? Should I stay here? Uh, I'm not sure, not sure, not sure. This is dithering. Dithering about. Dithering about. I do, I do quite a lot of dithering. I'm quite <laughs> I think we all do too. Yeah, um, really good expression. Something uh, caught his eye, which means, uh, what did catch his eye? What's that in the text? I think it's the, the sign. Oh, the sign caught his eye. So it means his eye, yeah. took his attention. He noticed it. Yeah. Something was you could say eye catching, so catch your eye, or something catches your eye, or it can be eye catching. Mm -hmm. It drew your attention. Then there were two expressions that basically mean the same thing that he uses to describe the landlady. Um, uh, on line, in line two four nine two hundred and forty nine, he says that she's off her rocker, um, <laughs> meaning that she's a little bit crazy, a little bit insane so to be off your rocker. Um, means that and then there was another one uh he says that she's dotty so i think dotty rocker. is nicer though it's got a slightly nicer connotation than off her rocker yeah definitely. like you might des describe someone that's you know an eccentric neighbor as a bit dotty it's, more lovable, it's often right? used to describe an older woman isn't it which is a bit unfair now i think about it yeah that's true you that's wouldn't true. describe a man as dotty hmm it's true i haven't thought of that hmm. Dotty old ladies. Off a rock is a bit more. Um, Maybe a bit more serious. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Ne next one's a great expression. Um, I'm like this when it comes to names. Names go in one ear, one ear and out the other. So it means when you're hearing someone, when someone's introducing themselves to you, telling you their name, um, you forget their name immediately. It goes in one ear, in one side of your head, and out the other side, and you forget it completely. Travels right through. And me too. I'm really bad with names. Mm -hmm. Takes me a while. Yeah. yeah. In one ear or the other. <laughs> and then we've got to linger, mm -hmm. which means to hang around. Yeah. So to stay in one stay place. Stay in one place, I suppose. You could yeah. linger on a street corner, for example. Like yeah. instead of just walking by, you just maybe stay there and wait for someone. You'd be lingering. I suppose mm -hmm. it means waiting. And also, like you can say, like a smell lingers in the air. The way a smell sort of stays in a room doesn't go. That is a good one. Yes. Yeah. 
And then the last um, one we had was uh, on this. This was a blemish. So she, she says that the, the one the of the other guys, the boys, boys, yes, didn't have a single blemish. So a blemish is like an imperfection. Yeah, um, it could be a spot or a scar or yeah. a, a bruise. any kind of bruise. Yes, anything like that. Very, very creepy. Now we think. Now I think more about it. Yeah. There are also some nice ad adverb and adjective uh, like combinations that you found. Um, yeah. So I thought this was also good in terms of like foreshadowing what was going to happen. But mm -hmm. I thought this would be interesting, especially if you want to do, <clears throat> if you're doing like advanced or proficiency or something like that. These are really great expressions to use in a writing or to pick up on a, on a, in a reading or something. But the first one is right at the top. He's getting off the train and he's describing the weather. And he says the weather is deadly cold. Mm. So, I mean, you could say bitterly cold is another another yeah. adverb you could use there. But deadly cold is the one he uses here. It's a nice choice. Be good. Yes, because he's nice about to be dead. For this <laughs> context, yeah. And then he describes her as terribly nice. Mm -hmm. um, so you might think terribly is a bad thing which it is, of course, but um, terribly nice often, especially in, uh, I suppose, it's, I don't know if it's used that much these days. It's more an old-fashioned yeah. piece, of, piece of language. But terribly nice means very, very, very nice. That's so mm -hmm. nice, it's terrible. You know what I mean? And yeah. in this case, he's, he, she's doing something that he perceives to be very nice. But yeah. actually, it's very terrible. So there's kind of a double meaning there. Yeah. There's, there's a few others, right? You say like something, oh, I was terribly good. Yeah, terribly good. I was awfully good. Awfully, there, there, that was actually in the text as well. There was one with awfully as well, and I didn't pick, I don't, I don't remember what it was. It's interesting but, that. Yeah, it's interesting that we're using this bad adjective in adverb form to mean something very, like, extremely good. Yeah. So, interesting. Strange. English is weird. It is weird. combinations of words. And then there was this teeny weeny bit. So teeny weeny would be describing size. So teeny mm -hmm. weeny bit. Teeny weeny means small. Means teeny small, weeny yeah. bit, choosy and particular. So in this mm -hmm. case, means very selective. Yeah. So a little, a little, little bit selective. But teeny yeah. weeny is very nice diminutive uh, adverb there. Yeah, like if someone asks you, "Do you want some cake?" Oh, just a teeny weeny bit. The teeny weeny bit. Yeah. So teeny weeny that can also be an adjective, but the bit uh, is that an adverb? Uh, well, it's an adjective for uh, teeny weeny is the adjective for bit, right? Okay, yeah, you're right. And then the last one was extraordinarily handsome. She's describing mm -hmm. one of the her previous tendencies, extraordinarily handsome. So again, we have the foreshadowing of it's extraordinary, it's an unusual situation. So there you go, extraordinarily yeah. handsome, meaning extremely handsome. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Yes. Well, so this is our first um, book club podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know via the social medias uh, what you thought of the, of the book. And also, if there's any specific short stories you'd like us to read in the future, um, leave us a suggestion. Um, you'll find us on all the social medias at Two T's Pod. Um, so hit us up. Let Twitter, us know what Instagram. Like. Not on TikTok yet. We're not. We need to change that. Do we? We need okay. to get on TikTok. You're the TikTok girl. You can do it. Oh no! <laughs> Don't tell um, them that, Tim. 
did you like the story? Did you find it creepy? Do you want us to do more creepy stories? Would you prefer something more lighthearted? I don't know. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. Let us know what you think. And we will see you very soon. Bye. Goodbye. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. I'd just like to thank everyone involved in the Two Teas in a Pod team. Specifically, Ben Ward, our wonderful producer for recording and editing all of the episodes. Also, Mark Wilding for designing our logo and all our branding. Um, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena and our own Katie Wright for singing our jingles. And all you lovely listeners for listening along. And of course, to the wonderful Katie Wright, my wonderful co-host. Bye!